Welcome to the One Day at a Time podcast, where we forget about yesterday, we don't worry about tomorrow, it's what are we going to do today that's all that matters, because you've only ever had, or will ever have, the fantastic 24 hours a day you're about to embark on. So hopefully, this episode is going to give you some daily dose of wisdom that you can take action on today to improve your life. And remember, all it takes is one day at a time. Good morning, beautiful people. How are you doing? I hope you melted more ice yesterday again. We're building up momentum. The weekend's coming, the sun's out again. So here's your chance now to test out your new um, your new awareness powers, basically. Um, I see weekends now, not as like, ah, shit, I got like, I'm going out again in the weekend and doing this. I, I, I don't see it as a bad thing. I see it like as a, as a challenge again. Like, oh, like... Can I maximize my um, fun, but also remain in control in a way? Like, can I do it? Can I see if I can do it finally? And sometimes I win, sometimes I don't. Um, but don't look at it as a negative. You have to enjoy these weekends. You can't go into the weekends feeling anxious because you're on a fitness plan to improve your life. But then when it comes to weekends, spending time with your friends, you're getting anxious about doing exactly what life is about in a way. You, you can't be doing that like crossover because it's not good for you. So... See it as a challenge. If you can't, you know, it's not be perfect, but live in the mindset of moderation is key. Uh, I know it's a boring phrase, but, you know, it is It is true. It's, it's the way to go. But I'm going to hit you with some more ancient wisdom today. Look, modern philosophers, the word philosophy used to make my skin cringe. And I was going, oh, philosophy sounds, it's too academic. It's been taken over by the academics and they just like read really old phrases and they tell you, ooh, decipher what this means and they talk nonsense about one word the ancient philosophers were basically like just practical people trying to live a better life that was it they were literally trying to live a better life they weren't talking nonsense they were like of course they were talking but they weren't just like living and just speaking shit basically they weren't like that um they wanted to live a better life and that's the philosophy that i'll always speak about Um, So I'm going to go over a book by Donald Robertson here. So he's a psychotherapist and he is an expert in stoicism. So he's got a, he used to work in Harley Street in London. He's like worked in the US military, giving talks. He's been across the world and he's got like a wealth of knowledge in not just like ancient wisdom and how, you know, stoicism was the precursor of modern day CBT, so cognitive behavioral therapy. But he's actually got the evidence-based science, clinical experience as well. So he can connect the bridge and it's an amazing insight to have. So he's definitely got those two mastered. So let's get on with it. Um, so first of all, he thinks that anxiety and depression are wrong values. That's what he says, he claims, right? And he says emotions are determined by our beliefs. Um, he goes on to say then that virtue, which is excellence of character, must be its own reward. Like you can't do something good and then expect a reward for it. The doing the good is the reward. You can't expect being moderate and expecting like everything to change in your life. Being moderate is the reward. Do you know what I mean? Like you can't expect like you're doing stuff otherwise, not for the good of doing it, but for what you're going to gain from it. And sometimes it's not about the gaining, it's about the person we want to be, the person we want to become, right? So that's the important part. Like self-control is its own reward, okay? So remember that um, when you're moving forward with your life. So... Examining matters that required careful deliberation. So Marcus never rushed making a decision and was always willing to question his first impressions. 
in other words, a certain amount of anxiety is natural, right? And basically, Stoic philosophy teaches us to accept our involuntary emotional reactions, our flashes of anxiety as indifferent. We can't control that. They're neither good nor bad. What matters isn't what we feel, but how we respond to those feelings. Going red when meeting someone for the first time or doing a presentation is fine. It's natural. Let it go and it will go. When we call something a catastrophe, for instance, we go beyond the bare facts and start distorting events and deceiving ourselves. We all do this, especially you guys in the group and all and the wider groups have ever been involved with, you know, you do like one day off and then people are like, ah, it's terrible, I've ruined everything in the last two weeks, I can't believe I go back to square one. No, like don't catastrophize the situation. What's happened is you've had a bit more carbs, a bit more salt. You might be coming on your period as well. All that's combining to you put on water weight and you know it's water weight. So there's no point catastrophizing saying you've, you've lost everything you've gained because one, you've learned a lot about macros you've never learned before. Two, you've learned about yourself, tracking what foods are good and bad. Not, not good and bad, but what's worth it and what's not really calorie-wise. You've started a training plan, so you feel better. You've got more awareness of things. Like, all of these are massive positives. So don't catastrophize because, like I said earlier, it's our beliefs, right? It's our beliefs. And our emotions are determined by our beliefs. So if we if we believe that it's a catastrophe, of course we're going to get stressed out. I spoke about stress before. We don't want to catastrophize and cause our stress levels to go up over something that's not even... Like, it's not even a catastrophe, right? So make sure you catch yourself when you do this, right? So when we exaggerate, overgeneralize, um, omit information and use strong language and colorful metaphors, she's always been a bitch. That bastard shot me down in flames. This job is complete bullshit. People tend to think that explanations like these are natural consequences of strong emotions like anger. But what if they are also causing our emotions? If you think about it, what we say, like this, is designed to evoke strong feelings. By contrast, undoing the effects of emotional uh, rhetoric by describing the same events more objectively forms the basis of the ancient Stoic therapy of the passions. So basically, you're not getting angry and then explaining it. You're actually just saying shit, like automatically going negative, catastrophizing, which then causes the anger. Do you know what I mean? So try and catch it. So you have to decastrophize. You have to decastrophize, uh, decatastrophize. Otherwise, your life is always going to feel like a catastrophe over the most minuscule thing because you will take it and run with it. And does it feel good catastrophizing? Sometimes maybe there is this weird thing that we do like a little bit of a moan, especially in Britain. We love a bit of a moan. But really, you've got to question yourself. Like, is that little moan just a little moan? Like, what's the, what's the second order effects of that moaning about stuff that's so small? actually adds up, your stress goes up, catastrophize, you become a person who is, can't even focus, you're respond, you're, you're reacting all the time, um, and you're not really thinking straight, so quite a lot of things are going wrong if you keep going down that route, um, so you need to reframe every hardship as an opportunity to cope, right, like I said earlier about the weekend, you need to reframe it as a way, as an opportunity to, to go into the weekend and live to the full, whilst being moderate, like, you don't have to go crazy to enjoy your life, right, you don't have to go down that route, you can be in the middle, and you can probably enjoy more, that is the the, the crux of it, right, um, and here's a good story for you, so there was a boat 
open water, there was a ferocious storm which lasted the whole night. The passengers feared for their lives, people were running about. And this guy noticed that this great stoic teacher had turned white as a white as a ghost and shared the same anxious expressions as the rest of the passion passengers, right? But he remained silent, didn't say anything. After the ship settled, this guy went up to him and was like, I thought you were a stoic, mate. Why do you look so scared if you're a stoic and nothing impacts you? Um, and the stoic was like, no, no, it's not about not feeling scared. We all feel emotions. It's not about not feeling emotions. We all feel scared, anxious, angry at times. We all feel these emotions. A lot of them are automatic. It's what we do, it's how we respond to them that is the important part. That is where the power is at. So you think about everything. How do you respond to seeing that weight on the scales in the morning? Well, some people go, just a bit of data, I'll collect it. Some people will then turn that number into like failure or their life is going down the pattern, which obviously it's not the number doing that itself. It's what you your response to the number is. So that's the same with everything. And I know a lot of people don't like hearing it because it means we can actually control things. But that is the truth. That is the truth. Okay, so we got to make sure that we understand what's automatic, but understand it's our response that matters. And, you know, we go red and stuff when we meet someone new or we've, we're opening it back up. You're going to be maybe some people have social anxiety. Like I always like in certain circumstances, I can't remember exactly which ones, but I like blush, right? And I used to be like, oh my God, why am I blushing making this? Like, I can't control it. Like, it's not me, but it's not, I'm not being weird or anything. I'm just, I just get, I just blush at certain points. And like, the worst types of people are the people that see it and then go, what are you going so red for? Yeah, mate, because I can control it. It's like an automatic thing. But what I do now is if it happens, I'm like, Scott, I can't, don't worry about it. You can't control it. Like, it's just, it's an automatic thing. But my response to it is, actually, I'm not actually nervous or feeling like really, you know, anxious. I just notice that I get flushes sometimes and that's it. And I don't like make the situation worse than it is. Some people are like, oh my God, people can look at me and think, even if they do, like, you know, what can you do about it? Sometimes we can't stop it. Um, so yeah, and it's like, you know, what you play in your head is important because it builds it up. So that's a little bit of a little, little, little tip maybe for the people here I want to blush easily. Um, do know that sometimes it's just not in our control and uh, response is the most important thing. We have to accept our involuntary emotional reactions as neither good nor bad. Okay? And if we can do this, we can start controlling these parts of our life. And that's the important thing. Like, you know, we feel out of control. Emotions are taking us everywhere and we feel like a whirlwind. Um, this can ground us back down. All right, can help us. So you do need to to basically practice it, really. So see these situations. Oh, I'm nervous. I want to meet new people. Okay, let's reframe it. The world's opening back up. You have to, you're going to go on a social scenario. Now's your time to maybe practice this kind of like, okay, I'm going to automatically feel nervous. I'm going to speak to them. But then it's my reaction, my response to that is going to matter. And if I can respond and say, look, it's a group of people. I've done this millions of times. It's going to be fine. You can then gradually move on and get over it and it's only that first 30 seconds 40 seconds always it's always the case like there's tactics i do now if i do a presentation for example the first minute i used to be bright red and then i'd get into the flow of it and i'd be fine so now my tactic is 
if I'm doing a presentation in front of people I've no idea of, I'll um I'll spend the first minute kind of like distracting them from me. So maybe I'll try and speak to them like before it starts. I'll try and say something to cut the kind of tension. I'll maybe try and crack a joke even if it's not even funny. Like I'll try and do something for that first minute so they just don't have complete eyeballs on me and then I'm just more relaxed. So you think about in your way, you you know, you think of different ways for yourself. Um hopefully that makes sense. Or if it doesn't, let me know. Um and then the one more, I know I don't want to go through too much of this book because it's it is is big, but the last thing I want to speak about here that's kind of I've saved as a bullet is that um, we should basically, the Stoics would basically have like mentors in their mind. So if they were like, right, I want to, I'm in a tough spot. They would think about the person they admire, good, you know, dead or alive and be like, what would they do here? They'd create like a small council. If you watch Game of Thrones, think of bringing the small council into your mind and going, right. What would that person say to me right now? What would that person say? What would that person say? And you can have anyone you look up to. Um, and you can basically kind of work out what they're going to say. And then you can basically take that advice and actually take the advice. And really, at that time, you've always got those like role models and small council to help you. And they would do this a lot. Um, and you definitely should have role models. Like you should have like mentors, you know, look up these people, what they were, how kind of they would react. Would they react in a, in, in, in a way that's like, controlled not catastrophizing asking what they would say um and yeah you'll pretty much have like a mentorship in your head at all times i always do it i'm like what would what would steve jobs do in this decision what would like who else do i think about like what would bruce what would bruce lee do is one i use a lot i grew up watching bruce lee films and he basically the fact that i idolized bruce lee so much kept me away from doing drugs and smoking when I was younger. Like, I remember when I was, like, 13, 14, maybe younger than I as well, and people were, like, in the parks, they were, like, doing, like, weed and stuff like that, smoking, and I'd be like, Bruce Lee wouldn't do this. Bruce Lee wouldn't do this at all. I'm not going to do it, right? Maybe he did, I don't know, but I was like, Bruce Lee wouldn't do this. And I remember pe- people talking early in the days, like, even at 15, 16, starting the gym, people were straight away, boys always do it, talk straight about steroids and stuff. I was like... Like Bruce Lee wouldn't take steroids. No way, like, no chance I'm doing it. And just, like, it's quite crazy how powerful I was just because I, like, looked up to this guy and I liked how he was about. And if you read the book Be Water, my friend, by Shannon Lee, his daughter, that came out last year, it's unbelievable. He was basically a modern-day philosopher as well. Highly recommend reading it to see about more of his philosophy. But having these, like, role models is super powerful. If you don't have one and you think, oh, I don't need one, Honestly, there'll be someone that you look up to, someone that's ahead of you, even five years ahead of you, that's doing what you want to be doing, that you can reach out to. Could be someone you know already. Could be someone else. Like, find that person. Because when you do come to those decisions, they can help you. It's the same as what would a healthy person do. That can help you in making a better decision for yourself. Or when they ask the kids, what would Batman do before deciding to pick the apples or the french fries? When they ask the kids to ask, what would Batman do? Loads of them then picked the, the the apples instead. It's so simple. It's so simple. Like, we can do it. Just do it, please. They, like, if the, your task for, like, this week until next week, find someone or something like that that can help you with your decision-making. It could be Marcus Aurelius, the, the great Roman emperor and the Stoic, um, the Stoic, you know, the philosopher king. It could be Bruce Lee. Who knows? 
Let me know who it is, though. I'm interested to know. But um, longer voice, not than usual today. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be coming back to more nutrition stuff soon. But I do like talking about this stuff because this stuff has actually changed my life when I think about what's moved the needle the most. It's actually this mindset stuff that then makes the fitness stuff easier, if that makes sense. Enjoy your day, and I'll speak to you tomorrow. And that's it. Thank you for listening to the One Day at a Time podcast with your host, Gofflia. Hopefully you understood something I said. I hope that some wisdom kind of distilled through into your mind. And I want you to now action it today. I don't want you to think about tomorrow. I don't want you to think about yesterday. I don't want you to think about leaving a review on this podcast. I don't want you to think about going to another website. What I want you to do is as soon as this podcast ends, you will take action and make the most of today. Ground yourself today. Follow the one day at a time philosophy and your life will change.